Everyone always wants to give up when it's hard. But what if you don't give up when it's hard and finish the thing you're trying to do? Alex Honnold. Just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man, out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best I Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, joined by Perry Hughes, as always, and special guest Mike McKeeran on this episode. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you here for sure to discuss the topic today is problem solving and specifically how to raise our kids to be problem solvers, why that might be important, how to balance that with also empowering them to trust in God, not just on themselves and their own abilities. So lots of different directions we might go with this conversation. Uh, But quickly, Perry, how are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic, brother. Um, Liam and I just got back from a surf trip last week and our our annual father-son one-on-one time trip. And we had a blast surfing in uh, Southern Florida and talking about life, you know, things and important things and man things. And gosh, it was just such a good time of bonding and relationship building and adventure. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of still bouncing around on that on that stoke, you know, on that high, on that jacked upness. Uh, so I'm doing really well. Well, I'm remembering back to our conversation literally a year ago. It's amazing how quickly time flies where you debriefed with Liam on that coming of age trip where you went on that surf trip. And I remember you sharing some interesting anecdotes about challenges that presented themselves during that trip and how you guys had to dun, 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 problem solve and figure some things out segueing to today's topic. So I'm curious if you had to have any sort of problem solving uh, adventures on this year's trip. We can ta- <laughs> we could table that. Maybe you can share. Uh, but I do want to transition to talking about this topic. And I'll let you introduce, introduce Mike a little bit more thoroughly because you guys are buddies. Um, yeah. Just sort of set the stage for what we're going to be talking about and get to know Mike a little bit better. Sure. So Mike, man, I'm stoked to have you on the show today. And for all the listeners, Mike and I go way back. We've been friends for a really long time. And uh, Mike is really one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Uh, Mike, I think the world of you, you're an awesome human being. And for the listeners, as I started thinking about this topic of raising kids to be problem solvers, um, Mike immediately popped into my mind because I think that problem solving is one of his just genuine giftednesses from the Lord. I don't know if that's a real word, if I just made it up, but giftednesses. <laughs> um, but it's just who he is at, at the core. And it's like who he has been since he was a little boy. We didn't know each other back then, but um, we've known each other since young adulthood. And Mike is uh, an entrepreneur at heart, and he's a problem solver, Christ follower, fantastic man of the Lord. He's an, uh, he's an awesome husband to his wife. He's an excellent father to his kids. He's got a background in um, climbing, doing rock climbing and bouldering, which I think probably has a lot to do with your problem solving mind. Um, he's a tinkerer. He's like always like fixing stuff. Like, you know, let's say like maybe the dryer or the washing machine fix like breaks at the house or something. He's going to have that thing apart and be, be like dissecting it to fix it. Uh, but business owner, um, he's, you've owned a business since you were, you know, just out of college, maybe before college ended. I don't remember, but anyway, he's in the tech space right now a little bit. And he's also just started a new gear company called Crystal Creek Gear. And, uh, man, I'm really fired up about that. And I want to hear a little bit more about that as well as, um, 
the uh, the Georgia bushcraft. So, Mike, what's up? Welcome to the show. Tell us, let's get started with Crystal Creek gear and your recent trip to the Georgia bushcraft, man. What was that like? Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Barry. Thanks for the kind words, too. Um, <clears throat> it was amazing. I, I We went to this Georgia bushcraft. Um, it was in Watkinsville, Georgia. And I got to, it was supposed to be a whole family event, uh, but it turned out we had a soccer tournament conflict. So we ended up, it was just me and my oldest son, which was super fun. So we went down to this event and um, it's the largest bushcraft event in the country. And um, we had a debut for our new products. And so we camped out and met a whole slew of you know new faces and um, it was just so much fun. It was really eye-opening to uh, just unveil this product that we kind of just kicked off. You know, people were asking me, how long have you been in business? And I, you know, my response kept being about 15 minutes, you know, cause we just barely, <laughs> I mean, barely exist. So it was a ton of fun to be able to put this in front of people and just get response and see, you know, how they reacted to it. So it was great. It was, it was really cold. It was 29 degrees. Yeah. Um, we're, we're tent camping and, um, my background is is in the backpacking, climbing, outdoor world, and we were wildly unprepared for the event. <laughs> um, so we were definitely gear problem wise. solving. Yeah, gear wise, it was it was all of my buddies from way back would just chuckle because we we had no gear, like very little gear. Um, we were definitely problem solving on the fly, uh, just to adapt to the environment. But it was a ton of fun. It was a lot of. It was a great time. That's awesome. And how, uh, well, real quick for everybody listening, if you don't know what bushcraft is, just give us a quick, like, Hey, what's bushcraft all about for anybody that's like bushcraft? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's, um, you know, generally it's, it's people that go into the woods and want to use a lot of natural resources and kind of their minimal, um, gear that they do have to be able to create, a camp and hang out and enjoy their time out in the wilderness. Um, and it, it kind of goes way, way back to, you know, picture like frontiersman type style um, living. So it was great. It was, it was a really wide range of people. So it was, um, you know, there were folks in full buckskin outfits that, you know, make their own bows and arrows all the way down to city dwellers that have like EDC kits and, you know, their, their pocket knives that they're super into and everybody in between. So it was, it was a wide, wide range of folks, man, lots, lots of, lots of knives and fire, you know, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. seems to revolve around knives and fire. Yeah. I have been, I remember when Georgia Bushcraft started, like I remember the first year, you know, cause I'm kind of into that stuff. That's what my interests are. And so I remember that popping up on social media, me seeing it, you know, and I've every single year I've wanted to go and I haven't gone, uh, and so I'm excited maybe next time would be a fun time to be able to go. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super envious of you being able to go down there and do that. I think that was really cool. And just the time one-on-one, uh, you know, you and Bo together, that's pretty cool. Um, well, how was the product received? I'm really curious. Was everybody just super stoked on it? Yeah. So I, I guess just a little background, the, the product itself is a little handline fishing kit. And it's 3D, 3D printed. Um, I started making these a couple of years ago for pretty much just me and my kids. Um, and it came from, it was born because I would go fishing with my crew 
And I was always fighting like a rod and a reel with, you know, it's those like crappy little Walmart rods and it just, they just weren't working. And so I just wanted something simpler, more minimal. Um, and so we took this product and it's, keep in mind, this is like a plastic, you know, 3D printed kit into a world that's very much like wood, iron and fire. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know how it would be received. I didn't know if it would just be like everybody just walk right on past. Sure. But it was just overwhelming. People were super excited about it. And, you know, arm, arms wide open, all the other vendors were super curious. And um, we just, we had a great time. It was, it was very, very well received, way more than I thought it would be. So that's been good. It was, it was kind of, um, it was, it created new problems for me because I got home and we had this new demand and I didn't have any inventory. So I'm like, you know, trying to crank these things out just as fast as I can to kind of keep up with folks. Sure. All good things. Yeah, for sure. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. Well, and they say that necessity is the mother of invention. So it sounds like you had an issue, you had a problem you wanted to solve and you created your own solution to that, which in and of itself is problem solving. Did your kids watch you sort of go down this path? Did you involve them in the creation process? And let's transition to talk a little bit about problem solving, maybe specifically in the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. So I, I love problem solving with my kids. Um, so it was a joint effort for sure. And each one of um, my kids, I mean, you guys are the same way. It's, they all have their own strengths and abilities and creativeness and ideas that they bring to the table. So um, it was so much fun to be able to work with them and develop this product. And it's, I mean, I have, I have a slew of ones that didn't work beforehand, or we would create them and go use them and then, you know, kind of tear it apart and want to shift it and change it and stuff like that. So it was an evolution and a, and a process with them, um, for sure. So they're, they're my, they're my right hand man. They're my, um, you know, they're my team to, to be able to solve these problems, everything from, you know, the, the branding side of it. So that's, that's kind of my day job or a big portion of it is doing branding work and stuff. So they, they help participate on that. Um, given feedback all the way down to, you know, my, my kids would come back and they would show me the kit that we made and all the pieces would be dumped out. So we had to solve that. So, you know, we were creating on the fly, just, you know, and iterating one after another, after another, um, which was fun. Which is part of the creative process anyway. But I think from a father's standpoint, it'd be easy to sort of carry the mindset that I'm I'm the grown up, I'm the father, I'm the one with the experience. I I know what's going on and maybe not listen to our kids. So is it has it always been easy for you to allow your kids to voice their ideas, their potential solutions and actually receive them, use some of them? Like talk about that dynamic. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. I wouldn't say it's easy. It's it's not been something easy. You know, I think as a father and a parent, you know, it's 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 easier to step in and say, "Let me take the reins. I'll do this. I know how to do this." And I think it's such a miss because kids are so creative. Like in you know, they tend to be more creative than adults by by a long shot. Yeah. Um, and 
when you stifle that, you miss these big opportunities. So you, I think it's so vital to create the space and let them participate in the creative aspect of problem solving. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's so wild, but then that, you know, builds on new ideas and stuff like that. So even my youngest will come up with an uh, outlandish idea, but you're like, oh, wait, that let, that makes me think of something that, you know, is a little more grounded, but it's, you know, it's something I hadn't thought about before. So just being able to open that aperture and let all of those ideas in is, I mean, that's, that's the, in brainstorming, that is so incredibly important is don't stifle ideas. All ideas are welcome. You know, it's like, let all of them in. So kids are just so powerful in that department. You know, it's like, they, they just, I mean, I mean, they're, they have so much creativity just kind of coursing through their veins. So. Yeah, that's cool. And, and optimism too. So we were doing school the other day and uh, Nancy had assigned Ruby to make word problems and Ruby's making these little earrings and she's selling them at the, at the gym as a little entrepreneurial venture. And so she thought, okay, I'm going to make that into my math word problem. And she goes, okay, Ruby made 20 earrings and she sold 20 earrings. Like, you know, and in my head, I'm almost like, whoa, babe, stop. You're not going to sell all 20. But then like I caught myself right before saying that, you know, like, yeah, great. That's awesome. You know, why would I want to stifle her optimism of, hey, I'm going to make 20. I'm going to freaking sell out, you know. Uh, and I started to I started to stifle that. And I was able, thank the Lord, to catch myself and zip it up a little bit and just be like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the challenge, right? Is like bite your tongue, you know? Yeah. God, give yeah. me that. Give me the wherewithal to just stop talking sometimes yes. and let them, you know, let them participate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Mike, you, you've been a problem solver since you were a little kid, you know, how much of that do you think is just how you're genetically wired and how much of that do you think is, you know, environment like, you know, uh, I, your kids have your DNA, you know, they're like wired similar to you. I know they're all, obviously they're all different. They're all, they're unique. Um, but talk to us about that a little bit. Just, you know, what do you see in your kids? Like, do you see them to be just natural bent wired towards problem solving in a similar way that you are? Or are you, do you feel like you have to kind of train that into them? Mm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I guess a little background for me, I, my dad was a fix it kind of guy. Like he wanted to fix and help people. I think it's rooted more in the helping people. He's, he's, he always wants to help people. Um, and he's just wired that way. And he, he, you know, both my parents gave me enough space to be able to tinker with things, which like oftentimes dad, I'm sorry, I would just like disassemble things and then be like, man, that's, that was cool. And then, that, and then I would like walk away, you know? And, um, you know, he had plenty of frustration around that, but it, it also, they, they created enough space to allow me to tinker and understand the components of things and just allow for that creativity. And, you know, fast forward, I try to do the same. Like I try to have a lot of things, um, in our little workshop and just around the house that allow the kids to be able to tinker and problem solve. Um, so I, I would say all my kids in general are pretty wired to, to problem solve. They have a lot of creativity there. I definitely try to cultivate that. I think it's a, a strength. It leads to helping people ultimately. 
and more so, and this is like my background with my marketing company, but it's, it's about collaboration. I think it brings people together when you are problem solving. So often it's like, man, I'm stuck. You know, Lord, what do I do? Oh, I need to reach out to Perry. Cause he's, I remember him talking about this and it, it just like brings people together in unique ways. Um, and to me, that's a, a big driver in like why it's so important to be a, a problem solver. And my kids are, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, like all my kids, they do the same thing. They want to work with each other to solve the problem or, you know, come to um, me and Susie, my wife to, you know, get input and, and they want our help. And to me, that's like, it's less about the problem we're trying to solve. And it's more about like, that's a relationship builder. Um, and that's the important part to me. Man, that's huge right there. I love it. I think one of the key things you just said, though, was giving your kids the space, the time, and the freedom to explore and be creative. Uh, problem solving is ultimately sort of an outflow of the creative process, which, as you suggested, kids have naturally and tends to diminish over time. I, I think you are exactly right that that as adults, we get we tend to be a little bit more linear in our thinking, a little bit more process oriented, a little bit less creative. But I think the more that we were allowed to be creative early on in our lives, the more that we maintain that. You look at somebody like an Elon Musk, who even as an adult still has this incredible ability at coming at problems from unique ways. How do we how do we continue to cultivate that in our kids? And I think it starts early on, though, with letting them explore, letting them play. I'm reading a book right now called The Yes Brain, which I have alluded to on this podcast, which which talks about how to inculcate this, this yes brain, this I can do it type of a well-integrated brain in our kids. And I was just listening to a chapter that talked about the importance of free play, giving our kids more free play. And I think about Declan, my four-year-old, who, you know, just this past weekend, we were we were going on this grand adventure through our neighborhood. We, we have some wooded area and stuff like that. And, you know, he wants to go hunt and slay dragons and do all this type of stuff. And, and I just let him totally take the reins and gather the weapons that we were going to use. And he was like, oh, we need something like this, but we don't have anything like this. And then just encouraging, hey, well, what could we use? Like, what could we use instead? And then he'll He'll get these ideas and look around the garage and and come up with new things that we could use as weapons. And all of that fuels this creativity that that carries into, into later life. And I would also just say one, one additional thing. I, I was doing a little bit of research, sort of preparing for this episode and and trying to figure out what what part of the brain problem solving comes from. And we can we can talk about that uh as well, perhaps later in this episode. But one of the things that I read was fascinating is that if we encourage our kids in art, people who are more artsy tend to be better problem solvers later in life as well. And so just thinking about tangible, practical things that we can do with our kids, not only when they're young, but even if, I mean, if you've got teenagers by now, sign them up for an art class, encourage them to sit down and draw, like whatever it is, that stimulates something in the brain, that creative process comes into play in problem solving. Yeah, that's, that's right on. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in just the, the arts in general and crafting and things like that and i ultimately it it's it's expression and communication and so 
those two pieces, like, I don't care what job you do in your life, you know, not even just job, every relationship is like, we all can be better at expressing ourselves and communicating. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's, that's such like a foundational piece that I think we need to um, breathe more life into, especially when you're young, um, that man, I, the older I get, the more it's like, what things should I work on as a human? It's like those two things for sure. So yeah, I, I, I think that's right on. I, I grew up as, you know, I had a big art background. That's, that was, I was constantly doing art and, you know, I look at my kids now and our act are often our activities in the evening are, we have a big count honor that we kind of congregate around at the, um, in the kitchen and we'll say, okay, everybody grab, you know, grab some paper and some pencils, markers, whatever, and we'll draw and create. And sometimes it's writing or word games or geometry exercises, or just like free drawing, but we're just exploring and expressing ourselves in different ways. And it always leads to conversation. It always leads to new ideas. Um, and it's such a simple activity. Um, you know, it's, it's low cost. Does it's not toys and things like that. And then in the same vein, you know, we all, we get Amazon boxes like constantly. It's like give kids boxes and make sure your household has plenty of tape, like invest in tape, tape, you know, it, and they'll go use it and create houses and swords and like all kinds of stuff. And then you can like recycle it and then another shipment of it comes in shortly. And it's like, that's such like an easy way to keep creativity going for kids and occupy them. You know, it's like give them cardboard and tape. I promise they'll have more fun than staring at a TV. Yes, no doubt. And sometimes, and we have a, and this would be dependent on the age and the responsibility of your kids, but we, our kids have um, found the glory of a hot glue gun. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's most of the time that's great. And every now and then it gets a little disastrous. And every now and then we have somebody that has a panic moment and they race upstairs to the loft. The hot glue gun, I forgot to turn it off. You know, and so we're, we're, we're constantly having to manage that. But yeah, ta- tape is awesome. And then hot glue gun. So if kids naturally have it and they're naturally creative with their younger, when they're younger, what happens as they get older and how can we continue to foster that? What are some things you guys do to help foster this problem solving skill? Because it really is a skill that needs to be developed and honed as they move into adolescence and beyond. Yeah. I mean, I think probably one of the biggest challenges in our time as parents is technology, right? Like and not not just like all oh, technology is bad. I mean, I use it, <laughs> I use it all day. Um, but the consuming technology and and being able to like steer kids into places where they're still activating that creative mind instead of just digesting information. And like like you know, a real example, I guess, would be they could sit and suck down videos one after another after another and not engage that creative mind or they could still be on a computer if that's their thing and be learning how to code or coding their own video games or like 
whatever, um, or outside of technology and building things and crafting things. I think just being able to steer kids in a direction that activates that creative mind is just really, really vital right now. Yeah, I agree 100%. And one of the things that we actively say to our kids, we spell this out for them on a regular basis. And as I say this, I think I'll probably need to tell them more and more than I do. When's the last time I told them this? It wasn't recently enough. We talk to our kids about being on team producer versus team consumer. Like we talk about that. Yes, it's okay to consume some things. Like we all have to consume, right? That's a normal part of life. I listen to podcasts. I read books. I, you know, I'm consuming content and information and I'm growing because of that, which is great. But my life shouldn't be just revolved around consuming. I need to be on team producer in, you know, a significant aspect of my life as well. And so we kind of spell that out for the kids and we say, hey, what you're doing right now, are you, are you team consumer right now? Or are you team producer? And what's your, what's your ratio? What's your balance? Like, how have you been doing with that? And we kind of think about that a lot in terms of technology and, and videos and stuff like that. And it helps us point our kids in that direction of, you know, being creative and, and being producers. Um, so that's one element to just actually frame that, that verbiage out for them and just really spell it out and be mindful of it. And then I think for me, a couple tangible examples that, you know, Brett, as you're saying, like, as they grow up, you know, my 15 year old doesn't want to be making cardboard uh, jump courses for, you know, Legos, right? That's just not what he wants to do. But he is very much into taxidermy and processing, you know, skins and hides and creating things like that. And so as soon as he at a young age started showing a little bit of interest in that, Nancy and I really began to push and cultivate that and try to encourage him in that. And so JP, our oldest, 15 years old, is a taxidermist. Like he just, um, a friend of mine whose daughter used to work for us, a buddy of his just ran, you know, uh, had a roadkill incident with a small bear. And he texted me and he's like, hey, do you think uh, Wild Man wants to do a bear? And I'm like, yep, I'll talk to him. And so JP uh, is doing this small, like a bear rug. For this guy, he's never done a bear before, you know, um, he's done things like raccoons and and foxes and, you know, smaller stuff, squirrel, a lot of squirrels. Um, but this will be his first bigger project and it's a small bear. But so that's kind of what JP's into. And then Liam is very um, mechanically minded. You know, he's a lot like you were, Mike, and you are. He just wants to take things apart and be like, whoa, cool, you know. And so he's as a teenager, he's more into like RC cars and we really encourage him to to mess around with RC cars because those things are like miniaturized vehicles. I mean, they have like drive shafts and gearboxes and, you know, axles and, and you know, all these types of things that he can r run the car, car on a course, break it and then be like, oh, man, what parts do I need to order and how can I fix it? Um, and then Seth and Ruby and Mike, you're you do really well with this with your kids. Seth and Ruby both have this bent towards bladesmithing and forging and, um, you know, that blacksmith kind of deal. So there's a guy in our town who um, we've actually had him on the podcast uh, is getting ready to do a community, like a community forge where you can pay and do a membership and all the equipment is there. And then you just come and pay for your, you know, incidentals, like the sanding belts and all that stuff that get used up. Um, but we're about to start to really uh, 
press into like bladesmithing, knife making, blacksmithing with Seth and Ruby. So that's the the long-winded example of I think it's important as the kids grow older to pay enough attention to what they're into and help and help fabricate that path to still being creative, you know, past cardboard. And I think, Perry, one of the things you said there that's really important with respect to your 15-year-old who had never done a bear rug or whatever, but what I'm hearing underpinning that is that he believes he can do it. He can figure it out. At the heart of problem solving is having a growth mindset. And we've talked about that on this podcast. And in fact, we did a whole episode of of growth versus fixed mindsets. But when I reflect on trying to empower my kids to be problem solvers, it starts with giving them confidence and belief that they can figure it out no matter what it is. Yeah. And so, and and that that's the that's the essence of having a growth mindset. I think back to one of your original questions to Mike do you naturally come by problem solving or is it something that can be taught and developed? I think different kids have different inclinations, but it's our job as fathers to help foster that belief that they can do it through asking questions. So one of my sons, um, sometimes he, his immediate response is I, I don't know how to do X, Y, or Z, right? So, Hey, why don't you, why don't you go do such and such? And he goes, well, I don't know how. And so what I've literally been training him to say, I'm sure he doesn't like it, but he, he uh, acquiesces and, and does it to humor me perhaps is that I always have him add on this next phrase, but I can figure it out. So he'll say, oh, I don't know how to do whatever. And I'd say, what else? And he'll say, oh, but I can figure it out, you know, but I can, yeah. okay, now let's, but how, so how are you going to figure that out? Oh, well, I can go look it up on YouTube. I can, I can ask you, I can just try to come up with an idea. Uh, and that's, that's, that's another thing too, right? I, you know, I'll take him out to repair a fence board with me. We live on a five acre farm and constantly having to repair fences. And I'll just stand in front of a broken fence board and say, what's the next step? How are we going to solve this? And that might not seem like the hardest thing in the world to do, but it takes a little bit of creativity and thinking, oh, we have to take off this fascia board and then we have to measure and cut it. And we have to like, there are processes to go. We have to problem solve this. It's not just going to fix itself. And having him take the lead on that, not me as the father constantly giving him the solution. Okay, here, let me take the measurements. Let me tell you what we're going to do. You just go follow my steps. No, you figure it out. You tell me what we should do. And then if you can't figure it out, I'll help you think through it. So- so that to me is is really the underpinning of the whole problem solving endeavor is is this growth mindset and then there's this beautiful self-fulfilling prophecy inherent in it that when you give a child a small problem to solve and they do it they develop confidence and the confidence then fuels their belief that they can solve the next problem and then when they solve the next problem they get even more confident and that's really what we're trying to instill in our kids is this belief that at some point when they're a grown-up I can tackle whatever, I can remodel this house if I need to. I can, like, whatever it is, I know I can figure it out. And that's so right on. I, that resonates with me a ton, Brett. Like, I, I do the same thing where my, I think it was you, Perry, that 
Um, when you say I can't, it's, it was either you or my buddy, Jeremy, who said, you know, that word's poison. Like, don't say that, you know, and that, that stuck with me. And I do a very similar thing when my kids will say, I, you know, I can't, it's like, but I can figure it out. And I think something to call out here is like, there are times where you feel completely stuck. And those are those times where you can point back to prayer. It's like, oh, this is easy. Just, just say a prayer, ask God will show you the way like always, and maybe not right the second and maybe not tomorrow, but at some point, like God will, will pave that path. And I think it's like really important to pull kids back to that also when they feel completely stuck because it, it creates like this, um, this, this everyday awareness that one, God gives me all kinds of gifts that I can solve a ton of problems with. And if I can't, he's there to, to like, for me to lean on. Um, and, and I'll get through it one way or the other, I'll get through this. And I think like, you know, what you're saying, Brett is doing that. Um, when, when like as, as us as fathers helping our kids see that on a very regular basis, and I'm a firm believer in like what you do every day matters more than what you do once in a while. So doing those, like helping them, struggle through those I can't moments on a very regular basis will lead to, you know, these, these older kids and ultimately adults who can just figure it out. They can figure it out. And when they can't, they lean on the Lord and then they'll figure it out. It's like, that's, that's super important. Well, let's continue to flesh this out because that, that raises a really good point. We're trying to create self-sufficient kids who can figure things out and problem solve. And yet we do want them to also recognize that they have their heavenly father that they can call on, that they can lean on for support and not just support, but actual answers. So what does that look like? How, I mean, you said, Mike, that, that God will give them the answer. Like how, how have you seen evidence of that? Do you have examples of that? And, and if our, and so we as 40 some year old grown men can point to, I'm sure lots of examples in each of our individual lives where, where that has happened. And I always love those stories. So if you want to share some of those stories, go for it, but our kids might not have that frame of reference. So how, how do we get them to understand that that's actually a reality that God will show up and will help them get unstuck and not only can and will get them unstuck, but that that's actually desirable because we don't want to rely on ourselves our whole lives. Proverbs literally says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So how do we, how do we balance that in our lives, but also teach that to our kids? Yeah, I think that um, both in creativity and problem solving is called like having an awareness and helping our kids find the awareness. So call it out when you have aha moments, right? It's those light bulb moments that trigger us to go, ah, oh, one, that, that feels so good. Two, the problem is solved or I have the answer or, you know, or that, that I created something that just feels really like good. That's awesome. Those are those aha moments that I think as parents, as fathers, we can, we can help shine a light on and be like, God's pretty amazing. Like, 
because he helped you with that one. And, and sometimes it takes a while. It's not in, you know, nowhere does it say God will instantly solve your problems, right? It's like, yeah, that was that was six weeks ago. But, you know, now you have that answer. Let's shine a light on that and call it out. And so they start recognizing that as like, oh, yeah, that does feel good. You know, so I think that piece of it of um, helping them see and have an awareness around those aha light bulb moments um, for the problems that they were trying to solve gives them that fuel to keep going, you know, gives them that fuel to one, rely on the Lord and two, be able to see that and recognize that as they move through life. Yeah, I think that's great. And then I think to piggyback on that, as we have those experiences in our own lives, I think it's important to express that to our kids, explain it to them, share it in detail. And I'll share a quick example of something recently in my life. We took this big trip this summer. You know, I bought a big giant dually, 450 for it, big, huge camper. We sold the camper and we're not planning on buying another one. So we realized, man, I don't need this. I don't need a F450 to like take the trash to the dumpsters. I got to get this thing sold. So that's the problem I need to solve. I have a truck. I don't want the truck anymore. I want cash instead of the truck. How am I going to solve this problem? So I don't feel like listing it on marketplace, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so I kind of posted on Facebook just to see if any friends like, hey, I'm getting ready to list this truck for sale. If you know somebody who's interested, hit me up, right? And it was just ghost town, like nothing happened. I'll take that back. Uh, well, I don't need to go into that detail, but nothing significant happened. How about that? Uh, and then a few days go past and I'm just kind of praying with the Lord, like, Lord, I really. I really don't feel like I'm being a good steward to just keep this truck. Like I, you know, I don't want to list it and deal with all the tire kickers. Can you just help me out with this? Like help me out, create a solution for me, you know? And a couple days later, I pull the truck into the diesel pump and uh, I'm pumping fuel and I hear this, Hey Perry. And I turn around and it's a buddy of mine. And he's like, Hey, I saw you listed your truck on, you know, on Facebook, but I didn't see a price. And we just started talking. And, um, turns out the dude's going to buy my truck. So I just bumped into him by coincidence at the fuel pump. And we had a conversation. We talked about it. And in that conversation, the Holy spirit stirred me to say to him, Hey brother, why don't you just come get my truck and drive it for your few days and make sure it's actually what you want. Right. And so that goes back to the relationship piece of problem solving. Um, but I just, I want the guy to have a truck that's good for him, right? Like I, I want to be, be a good uh, brother in Christ to him and, and say, Hey man, just come get the truck and drive it around for a few days. So the Holy spirit prompted me to say that the Lord orchestrated that meeting from the beginning. And it's, we, I'm on, you know, the end of day two of him driving it last night and he texts me, Hey brother sold. We'll, we'll, I definitely want your truck. I'll get all the details worked out, you know, by the end of the week and, and bring you a check. Right. And so I need to make sure that as I see it from that perspective of the Lord's intervention and the Lord's answer to that heartfelt prayer of mine, I need to make sure I am transferring that information to my kids. And so telling these stories to our kids of God's faithfulness, of our own bumping into a brick wall, whether it's a little brick wall or a giant brick wall or whatever, we can share that those experiences with our kids. And so they can see us walk through it and shine that light on it. And that helps them get to that perspective of too. The Lord is faithful. The Lord will provide. He will give us the answers to those 
questions and those problems that we bring before him. It, the answer might not look like the solution we expect it to look like, or it might not look exactly how we want it to always. But, but the point is sharing those experiences as we recognize them so that our kids can see the Lord's faithfulness, not only in their experiences, but through ours as well. And then getting them involved in doing the exact same thing themselves we ran into a friend at a corn maze, kind of a fall festival somewhat recently, and and they were back at the private school we used to attend. And my wife was talking to her and she was like, well, I, you know, I, w- what brought you back? How did you end up back at the school? And she said, well, you know, we, we couldn't afford it. We, you know, we... We stopped going because we couldn't really afford it. And my my daughter was really upset that we couldn't, that she really wanted to go back to that school. And I just explained to her, I said, look, we can't, we just can't afford it right now. Some things have happened and so forth. And she said, but I told my daughter, I said, if it's really important to you that you get to go to the school, pray about it and ask God to provide a solution. And so she, the daughter, did that. And what do you think happened? God provided a way. She ended up, um, literally, she got called by the school saying, hey, we had a job opportunity to open up at the school. We need a teacher. Do you want to be the teacher? So she's like, yeah, I'll be the teacher. And now her her daughter gets to attend for half price because she works at the school and all this stuff. So now they could afford it and all this type of stuff. So what that does in her daughter's mind is confirm God answers prayers. God helps provide solutions. Our kids, I think, so often look to us to be be the solution, right? So the dot, it could have been the type of thing where I will go look for an extra job. I will find a way to make extra money to solve this problem so that you can go to the school. But instead she put the power in her daughter's hand to make it work. And I I love that. I've, I've been sitting with that for the past several weeks since we heard that story, just thinking, wow, that's, first of all, that's awesome. God always comes through, but I just love how she included her kids in that faith journey so that it's just so much more real. It's one thing for our kids to hear us say, oh, God came through for me today. Yeah. God, God helped me sell my truck. Right. But like, if they're actually involved in that faith journey, that's really, really cool. You know, I, I think like on a really small scale too, there's, there's like micro opportunities that are these little moments that are, I think are, are worth calling out. And, you know, Perry, as you, you know, asked me to come join you guys today and kind of mentioned what you thought we would generally talk about literally that evening, my, my youngest son, you know, his task after everybody cleans up is just to wipe down the counter. And it's a, it's a big counter. He's a little dude. And we just like, let him problem solve it. You know, it's like, you got to figure that out. And, you know, we're joking. It's like, well, if there was chocolate on the middle of the counter, I'm sure you would solve that, you know? (laughs) And, you know, I I turn around and he has this like long hot dog skewer turned backwards. So like the rubber end is holding the, like the handle is holding the um, rag. And he's just like doing this like squeegee thing all the way across the counter. And it was just this like quick little moment, but I just chuckled thinking about problem solving and, you know, and I think the the key piece there is saying, like acknowledging it with him to say, man, God gives you so much creativity, you know, and yeah. it's like, oh yeah, like, and that starts registering just more and more, you know, it's these little affirmations that you give your kids to lean back on when they have bigger, harder moments. But I think they just start, you know, it can be 
sometimes it's the micro moments that really register. It's not those like really big monumental ones that happen once, you know, once in a while. The key is don't always give our kids the answers, make them figure it out. I love that you just said, Hey, I'm confident you can figure it out, figure it out. And, and he did. And then the other thing is to praise the process, not the result. So the other thing you said is, you know, God gives you that creativity, but another way to phrase that could also be, I'm, I'm so proud of you for figuring that out or in, Mm -hmm. in math, you know, I, it's so easy just to say, and, and I have fallen into the trap of saying this with, with my youngest, who who does seem to have a math brain. And I'll say, you're so smart at math. E, no, but the better thing to say is, I love how you really worked so hard at that math problem and you figured it out. I'm proud of you yeah. for that. So praising the process, not the outcome, which again, breeds that growth mindset because now there's a desire in their heart to figure out the next problem and the next problem maybe because they'll get praise from their father, but also because like you said, it makes them feel good. And there's that, that mm-hmm. internal motivation that comes from having accomplished something. Yeah. You know, it's something that just made me think of this is um, I think it's super important. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's super important as collective parents to share these little one-liners that um, are, that like we should be speaking into our kids that we don't always have in the moment or on the spot. You know, it's, I, I, I just love that you kind of rephrased that and gave that back to me. Um, and that's something that I can remember and, and, you know, use moving forward. But I think it's super vital that we all collectively share some of these one liners that it's like, that's a good way to phrase that. I should say that to my kid, like often, you know, so thank you for that. And then another thing to bring up here too, I think it's pertinent is the idea that we should be giving our kids the space to fail. A part of that, Mm. you know, part of that big dynamic for me as a father of rushing to do things for my kids is like, oh, I don't, you know, that underlying like, oh, I don't want, want to let them fail. Well, that's, you know, you don't, I used to think that way. And now I'm like, oh, I want to see my kids fail more frequently because the honest reality is, you know, any successful entrepreneur, any successful human being, any successful anybody is standing on top of a mountain of failure. And so it's important to condition our kids to be adequate problem solvers. They have to be willing to accept failure and walk in that and not feel shame for failure and not feel defeat for failure and not feel discouragement for failure, but instead to see failure as just a natural part of the problem solving process. So, you know, it's like you're saying, like y'all have done so many iterations of this fishing kit piece of gear, right? And so that it's just growth over time. Like, oh, how can we improve on this? Like, how can we make it better? And I'm sure some of them were probably like total complete fails. And then some of them were like, oh, this is good, but let's tweak this and make it great. And this one was great. And let's tweak this and make it, incredible, you know, but I think the idea for me anyway, is I really need to be super intentional and mindful about failure and allowing my kids to have the space to fail in the midst of the problem solving process. Yeah, for sure. I, I, that resonates with me a ton. I, I've had some unfortunate, um, decent size business failures financially as an adult, and those are hard hitting. 
and take a lot of time to recover from. And so as, as my wife and I are processing and helping our kids save money and spend money and kind of understand the money piece of it pretty early on, you know, a, a conversation that happens between my wife and I are, he, you know, my oldest really wants to spend basically all his money on this thing. And I'm like, yes, let him. Cause it's like a hand, you know, maybe a thousand bucks or 500 bucks. Right. And he might, he might really regret that, but he'll recover from that and learn from it instead of fast forward 20 years. And he's probably an entrepreneur and it's a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars. It's like that stings and takes a lot longer to recover from. So um I think just like you're saying, just give those kids space to fail, whether it's a teeny tiny fail or a decent size one. You know, our job is not to pave this super smooth path for them. It's to walk whatever the path is next to them, you know, and be there with them and love on them and point back to God and say, you know, he's going to help us through this really treacherous path together. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's really important. Well, I think this has been just a, a really fun conversation, an eye-opening conversation. Hopefully everybody has gotten some ideas on how to help cultivate a problem-solving uh, ability and growth mindset in our kids uh, at the risk of taking eh, maybe not a negative turn. Um, to this conversation because it's all about, been about hope and ability and the fact that they can problem solve and will problem solve and God will be with them. I did want to also just point to a little bit of the biology, which I had hinted at early. And that is that as the brain develops, as the human brain develops, the part of the brain that does the problem solving called the prefrontal cortex isn't even fully developed until age 25. And really doesn't even do most of its growth and development until adolescence. And so our kids are operating from their lizard brain <laughs> for a large part of their life, which is which is the, where the creativity comes from and there are elements of problem solving that comes from cre creativity. So I interject that only to say we also, men, need to give our kids some grace. If they are not if they are not the problem solvers you would want them to be, or they don't seem to have just a naturally creative bent at figuring things out, and yeah. you're getting super frustrated with your kids, and how come the solution that's so obvious to me, like maybe your kid's not squeegeeing the top of the of the counter and hasn't figured that out, and you're just like, you're judging your kid, and you're coming down hard on your kid, and I'm speaking to myself here at this moment, like their brain hasn't developed here yet. Their brain literally mm -hmm. won't even fully develop until they're 25 years old. And so that's not a, a cop-out. That's not an excuse. That doesn't mean we give up on them. It doesn't mean we don't try to help nurture this. And maybe this is just all the more reason we need to, in these moments, point to God. Like, son, your brain, we don't say this out loud to him, but like, your brain literally can't figure this out. Like, you're 10 years old, you know? But like, but God can. Until your brain grows like God can. So maybe maybe that's part of it as well. But I did feel like I wanted to interject that, take that for what it's worth. But there also is some biology here where the prefrontal cortex, which is governs those executive functions like thinking and problem solving, is slower to develop than some of the other, you know, musical stuff and art stuff. And it's fun, it's cool also though, God's design, right? How it all fuels together. That if we can, yeah, you know. 
steer them towards the arts and music and creativity and free play, it helps them later in life then with the kind of the upper brain stuff. So anyway, I think that's really, really cool. But I did want to just sort of throw that in here at the end of this conversation. See if you guys had any thoughts on that, but also just encourage men who may be frustrated with their kids when it comes to problem solving. Yeah, yeah man. Think- check. Go ahead, Perry. I was just going to say, I think it's a great word and a great encouragement and a reminder for me to be patient with the kids as well as really push the arts and really push the creativity. And Mike, I loved y'all's, you know, uh, family mode of, Hey, we're going to all get some paper and some pencils and some color, you know, markers. And and we're just going to get out here and we're just going to be creative. Like, I love that. And that's an inspiration to me. So yeah, I think all that is is good stuff and a good word, Brett, to remind us to be patient with our kids and, you know, push the art side of things as they're in the younger years of life. Yeah, I I, I would echo that too. And maybe just add on, I think maybe the just creating these mantras in our mind um, or their minds at an early stage so that then they can lean on them later on. You know, these like you're saying, you know, I, I can't do this, but I can figure it out. It's like if there's a, that's a huge difference. And maybe that's the lesson. It's not to be an amazing problem solver when you're 10 years old, but it's just like starting to keep that mindset so that when you, you know, your brain, their brains are developing, they have that mindset and they're not an, I can't kind of person. They're a, I can't, but I can figure it out kind of person, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big difference. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Mike, thank you for being on. If if listeners are intrigued with, with you, want to connect with you, what's a good way to do that? And I'd love in the show notes to post a link to your website. I'm, uh, I'm very interested in this sort of pocket fishing reel that you have designed. If you have a website to mention maybe at the end and maybe any final thoughts as we wrap up this episode of the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. Yeah, I, I uh, appreciate your time and just this conversation. It's It's been inspiring and eye-opening to me too. And um, yeah, t- I guess just two sites that you could find me at. Um, WeDoWorldwide.com is my agency business. Um, and to CrystalCreekGear.com is the other one. That's our, our fishing business that we're starting. Awesome. Crystal Creek gear. I will post that in the show notes below. I wish you all the best of luck with that. I have no doubt that any bumps in the road, you'll be able to figure out through creative problem solving. (laughs) And, uh, And we will post all of those links below. As I suggested, thank you as listeners, as always, for showing up faithfully in the lives of your kids. And we will sign off for now, but be with you again soon on the next episode of the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. Take care, everyone. I'm trying to be